Hello, and welcome to Chad's ADHD 365 podcast. I'm your host, Susan Booning, and I'm here today with Dr. Carol Robbins, and we're going to be talking about women in midlife and ADHD. Carol, thank you so much for coming today. Why do women in midlife feel more frenzied, frazzled, and overwhelmed than they did earlier in their lives? Really good question. And this is so important because so many women come to me not really knowing what's going on with them as they begin to struggle more as they reach midlife. And they start wondering things like, is it early Alzheimer's? Mm -hmm. What's going on with me? Why is life more stressful and more frazzled than usual? And so having the answer and explanation about how their hormonal changes that are going to occur probably over a 10 or even 15 year period are going to begin to impact their brain Mm -hmm. as well as their mood and energy and other things. And that that is going to exacerbate any potential underlying ADHD, whether it's been treated or previously or not, or whether it's even been identified. Mm -hmm. Many of them had no idea they had ADHD until they reached this threshold when suddenly their hormones kind of kicked them in the butt and they realized, oh, something is going on with me that Mm -hmm. is even worse than it ever was. And I was sort of coping before, but now I just can't anymore. And that's when they come in, usually after having been given the runaround sometimes by doctors who think that they just are stressed and anxious and so they give them an SSRI or other medication which doesn't really touch the underlying ADHD. So then they feel even worse and wonder, you know, what's wrong with me? And you mentioned that sometimes their doctor's giving them an SSRI, so very often they're misdiagnosed with depression. Yes, or anxiety or stress. And how often do doctors just say, well, you know, it's menopause? kind of dismissively. That one I haven't heard as much, mm-hmm. but rarely do they th- hear the words. And that's why I use those words, frenzied or overwhelmed, mm-hmm. and think, oh, I wonder if there's something else going on underneath that that's contributing. Because to me, that's a buzzword. When somebody tells me I'm overwhelmed, the first mm-hmm. thing I think of, hmm, I wonder if they have untreated ADHD that they may or not be aware of. But unfortunately, very few doctors come to that conclusion, although more and more thankfully are. Mm -hmm. And I try to educate them whenever I do identify a woman in that position, I will write up a report and and kind of give them ideas of what to ask clients like that person Mm -hmm. in the future. What are the most essential elements of treatment for helping women in midlife manage their ADHD? So the first thing I usually mention to them is for those that are really struggling, it is, after all, a chemical problem. And there are some chemical solutions that can be helpful if they're willing to consider them, Mm -hmm. such as stimulant medications, sometimes non-stimulant options, sometimes hormone replacement therapy or some combination of the above can be life-changing. But beyond the medical types of interventions, there are many really important self-care strategies and lifestyle Mm -hmm. changes that I emphasize significantly because they really have a huge impact on these women's functioning. And so I start with the most basic, which is sleep, because almost all of them find that they don't get enough sleep because they're managing too much. They Mm -hmm. take on too much. They overcommit. They value their quiet time at night when perhaps kids or other family members are in bed Mm -hmm. and they can have some time to do their favorite things, maybe look up their Facebook posts or Instagram or watch YouTube or movies or whatever else they love to do to entertain themselves. And then they end up staying up too late and they don't get enough sleep. Or they have problems sleeping and 
stimulate themselves instead of trying some better remedies for getting more sleep. So sleep, mm -hmm. I really emphasize a lot. So that's number one. And then the next one is exercise. Exercise is such an important part of changing the brain and affecting the whole system, the immune system, your energy level, your mood, and your cognitive functioning are all impacted by both sleep and exercise, but by exercise because it changes dopamine levels and those kinds of hormones, neurotransmitters. It changes your energy, your mood, how irritable you might be, how reactive you might be, mm -hmm. and how alert and focused you might be, as well as your working memory. That all gets impaired if you don't have enough sleep. So that is so crucial. Mm -hmm. Often just that alone, the sleep and the exercise alone, will make a huge difference in the quality of a woman's life, just changing those two things. Then the third thing is the importance of what they eat. And mm -hmm. they tend to rush around a lot and sacrifice good self-care as far as eating healthfully and mm -hmm. making the time to get healthy food. And so they might either skip meals or eat junk because it's quicker or more convenient. And that will completely impact their brain and their body. And they probably don't have too much awareness of that. So as I say, you know, garbage in, garbage out. So what they eat will affect directly their uh, brain hormones and transmitters and their just their, their energy, their focus. And then there's the whole issue of w whether they are eating things that they're sensitive to. So mm -hmm. some people are sensitive to gluten later in life, mm -hmm. and then they will feel even more foggy-brained and fatigued if they eat that during the day. Then there are also toxins that can be in their system, and certain foods have more of them, but sometimes it's worth getting evaluated. So I talk to women about that. Mm -hmm. Personally, you know, people over probably 40 or 50 have the old amalgam cavities in our mouths. Those do leach some pretty nasty toxic metals. Mm -hmm. And it can really feel like ADD plus if that's happening to you. Mm -hmm. I can personally attest to that. Mm -hmm. And having that resolved gave me back my brain. So, And then uh, the next most important thing and they're all important, so it's hard to prioritize, but is meditation. So this is something that I emphasize as a way to permanently and cumulatively and progressively change brain patterns and connections, brain waves, as well as just attention network changes that really help improve executive functions and mm -hmm. including working memory. And it also can change you physiologically down to the cellular level mm -hmm. as far as your health and stress management, your sleep improves, your mood improves, mm -hmm. because when you meditate, it is not relaxation. You are right. actively brain training and you are activating parts of your brain that also are your bliss centers. So after a while, you learn to activate the feel good parts of your brain as well. So there's lots of good reasons to do it and it can be hugely helpful. And there's so much evidence backing that up, too. Absolutely. Lots of research. Yes. What is the primary antidote to living a chaotic, stressful, and often unfulfilling life as a woman with ADHD? The number one antidote is put yourself first. Because almost all of us women in midlife, we have so much on our plate. We have not only ourselves to manage, but we often have a household of perhaps children who are a little bit older at that point and a career often, if we are working outside the home, our career is at its peak and we get more stress there and more on our plate. We often overcommit because we like to participate in things, maybe um, committees, volunteering at our church or at our kids' school or other 
kinds of activities that are stimulating to us. And then many of us will have aging parents we have to also take care of. So there is so much yes. more going on at that time in our lives to begin with that we often will neglect ourselves and decide that we come last because either everything else is more stimulating or we just don't know how to manage our time as well and are pulled in so many directions that we just hope to have a few moments to maybe do something fun at the end of the day, but rarely do we make the time for self-care. So what I try to suggest to women is to make an appointment with yourself on a daily basis in your calendar, just as if you were seeing a doctor or some other friend or other engagement where you had to be somewhere at a certain time and put in your daily self-care practice. So building 10-minute meditation breaks, building exercise, building good sleep habits, and all of those things, mm -hmm. build in healthy eating strategies and all of those I also teach women, but those are so, so important. You must put yourself first because if you don't put yourself first, you actually deprive everyone in your world of your talents, your creativity, your strengths, and all the things that really define you. And what's left, if you don't put yourself first, is you're just frenzied, frazzled, and overwhelmed all the time. And you don't have time to be present, to be creative, to be entrepreneurial, innovative, whatever it is, talents that you have will not be expressed. And that's a shame for everybody. Yeah, it is. Is there anything else you recommend to help these women? Well, certainly trying to find resources and support so that they feel that they have company because there are many, many of them. And whenever I bring up the subject or give a talk on it, people come out of the woodwork mm -hmm. and track me down and say, oh, I wish there were other people to connect to. I wish we had forums or group support groups or on, mm -hmm. you know, online communities. And so creating more of that will be really important as these women are struggling to understand themselves. And then educating, of course, the medical profession about this and the variability um, depending on hormones. So a lot of women experience differences in, in their cycles with their hormone levels and therefore how they respond to their medication. Mm -hmm. So that's another important thing to, to think about is to find a doctor who kind of gets that and can medicate them appropriately based on where they are and what their hormonal fluctuations look like. So that's something that is on people's mind as well. And to just become more educated and share with people in your environment perhaps a spouse or someone that may not understand and, and blame you for some of these behaviors, help them educate them about the fact that this combination of the hormonal changes at midlife and all the demands are mm -hmm. going to make life more challenging and that you could use support and understanding and to have others celebrate you and help you put yourself first. Thank you. I'm thankful that you came in today to talk to us about this. And I, I think this is a conversation that many women will find very helpful at this time in their lives. Now more than ever, you need the best information on ADHD. It's the perfect time to subscribe to Attention Magazine with articles from experts on children as well as adults. Find out more about subscribing to the digital or print editions at chad.org. Thank you for listening to another episode of Chad's ADHD 365 podcast.